welcome to the Halftime Mike Podcast, presented by basketball fan and Hoosier native Mike Gingrich, where practical, no-nonsense resourcing on social media, business marketing, and life is presented, because the adjustments made at halftime help you win the game in the second half. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Halftime Mike Podcast. You know, every week we take a halftime break, dive into online social media marketing tips, tactics, and methods for you, your owner and marketer, to give you actionable items you can implement right away. You know we want to keep it practical, doable, and leading edge so you can uh, get more out of what you do online. And this week I am pleased to be joined by lawyer, writer, and speaker, Ruth Carter. Hello, Ruth. Good morning, Mike. Hello. How are you? I am doing well, and uh, thank you for joining me from uh, what uh, you're in Arizona. Is it Phoenix area? Yes, Phoenix, Arizona. All right. All right. Now, just a little background. Uh, Ruth loves solving problems, particularly in areas that are deep, like internet law, social media law, which is what we're going to get into a little bit, and flash mob law, which I'm very excited to learn more about. Uh, so Ruth lives, breathes social media and uh, has a law practice. So is weaving those two together in the Phoenix area and also – and we'll learn a little bit about this – co-founder of Improv AZ, right? Yes, uh, I am. All right. Now that's a prank and flash mob troupe in Phoenix. Okay. So uh, just to get started, Ruth, give me a little window on that. Uh, you know. What, what's how did improv AZ get started and um, you know what's what's something you've done recently? So um, for improv AZ, I have to give a hat tip to improv everywhere out of New York. They've been doing um, various pranks and shenanigans for years, and one of their stunts is every year they do the no pants subway ride in New York. Ah yes, and so. For the 2009 ride, they decided to open it up and said, if you have a subway, light rail, bus, whatever your public transit is in your city, if you want to do a no pants ride the same day we are, awesome, do it. We'll help um, promote it through our site. Okay. So that was right when Phoenix opened our light rail and a, a local guy here named Jeff Moriarty decided, let's do this. Got like six friends to to commit to doing it no matter what. Um, so they put up an event on Facebook and about 90 people showed up, uh, including me. Cause oh, at that time yeah. I didn't know him. Uh, but we rode our light rail in our underwear in January. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, and we got the talking and we said, you know what? We need to keep doing more stuff like this. Yeah. So, um, so that's, was the beginning of Improv AZ, and we've been doing shenanigans ever since. All right. So, um, so we do the uh, annual no pants ride on our light rail, and our most recent stunt was um, pretty innocuous. There was a billboard that the restaurant put up um, about four blocks away from its location that said that the restaurant was 50 cartwheels away. So a handful of us said, "I think we need to test that statement." So. Uh, a handful of us last weekend actually cartwheeled from the billboard to the restaurant to see how many cartwheels it would take to get there. And we learned that it is not 50. Um, I think our group's average was 161. Ooh. So, 
So, but we we did cartwheels for for four blocks. All right, all right. I saw that on social media, so I'm going to include that uh, you know little clip of that information in our uh, show notes here. So that was that was good. So obviously, um, audience, you can tell that uh, Ruth is not your standard lawyer here. And uh, she's uh, outside the box, and this is good stuff here. So, so Ruth and I, you know, we were able to meet in the law office of our fellow friend, the enchanting lawyer, Jacob Shaposhnik in San Diego earlier uh, this year. That was back in, what, March, I guess. And, Ruth, you, you know, you, this was like the first stop. This was a, maybe a mini stop on, your, on, on a tour that you were just beginning called the Undeniable Tour. Okay. Yes. And this kind of begins to, to weave into where we're going a little bit. So I, um, at that point in time, I mean, I, I was thrilled with your, just your spirit, your enthusiasm. And, uh, I, I want you to tell our audience a little bit about the undeniable tour then. So my personal blog is called the undeniable Ruth. So I try to weave the word undeniable into my world as much as I can. Um, so I noticed that there was a big gap in the legal industry um, regarding social media and how to use it effectively for um, uh, to build your online presence, to make a name for yourself, to build a practice, to get clients, all that. Yep. And um, I'm considered fairly savvy in the social in social media in the legal world. Um, so in in the legal world, I'm like an I'm considered like an almost an expert in social media versus um, in in the real world, I'm you know, pretty Joe average. Um, but I love that in the legal world, people think I really know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, um, I realized there was this gap. And so to, to help fix that, I decided let's go on a speaking tour and talk with, um, lawyers and law students about what they can do to use social media more effectively for their professional careers. Um, and I, um, I, Put together this tour, solicited some sponsors, and so for two weeks I did a road trip from San Diego to Seattle, doing uh, five speaking engagements along the way, blogging along the way, of course, um, and just talking to to these people about my story of how I went from being Joe, average, nobody, middle of the pack law student to being you know, an established lawyer on, you know, the national and international stage, mostly by the way I use social media to differentiate myself from the pack. Yep. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. Now, and you have been uh, continuing to differentiate yourself. I think that uh, I was reading some of your bio stuff and you were called the first legal rebel from Arizona. So that, that's a differentiator. Yes. The uh, American <laughs> Bar Association has, um, an award called the Legal Rebels, and once you are selected, you cannot win again. Um, and they they acknowledge ten innovative lawyers a year for their work in in law that makes them different from everybody else. Yep. So I was selected in 2012, just seven months after I got my bar license, actually, uh, for my work in flash mob law. And so far, um, nobody else from Arizona has been selected. So um, for now, I am the only legal rebel in Arizona. I'm sure someday that will shift to being the first legal rebel from Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Very good. Now, uh, let's see. So I know, like as you said before, internet law, social media law, and, and others can take advantage of your expertise in this area because you have authored a number of books as well. So, I mean, I, just one of the titles was 
the legal side of blogging, how not to get sued, fired, arrested, or killed. You know, great, uh, yeah, great to know, but that's available to anybody, so it can help them. If they, if they want to know some of the legal side of blogging, they can grab that. Yes, that was, that, what was that your was... What was your most recent book? My most recent book was The Legal Side of Blogging for Lawyers. Okay. So I took the legal side of blogging, how not to get sued, fired, arrested, or killed, um, and tweaked it a little bit to focus on the legal community because there's extra rules that we have to adhere to regarding solicitation, talking about clients, confidentiality, things like that. So that was just a build on the original. All right. All right. Now, and folks, I will have these uh, links to the books in our show notes as well. So, uh, so basically, you know, setting the stage for this, Ruth, you have um, kind of defined how people can advance their careers, particularly in the law realm. But uh, we want to go a little even you know, broader than that, but social media to advance your career. And um, if we dive into that topic, you know, a little bit more, what's what are the foundations that you see that are critical to this? The main thing that I see is it's really about communication with people. I think the way the world has shifted is it used to be when it came to marketing is that it was very much companies speaking at their audience. So, you know, print ads, billboards, yellow pages where it was just like a, a one-way communication, and it was very solicitous, solicitous, sure, uh, where yeah. you were just saying, buy my stuff, versus now with social media, it's much more interactive, and it's about talking with your audience, providing way more value up front versus just giving them, you know, hey, I exist, come hire me. Um, it's really more about providing value online and being available to interact with people and building real relationships with with your audience even before they decide they want to hire you. Yep. Uh, and so I think people that can do that well um, have an advantage. Excellent. Excellent. Now, as you see people kind of get started in this, you've helped them evaluate what they're doing, what they're not doing. And uh, what common missteps uh, are you seeing that you often correct or help people, you know, change, shift from? So I often tell people if you are, if the way you act online sounds like a digital billboard, you're doing it wrong. Um, and if you are abandoning your social media accounts, uh, meaning like you, you start a Twitter account or you start a blog, but then after a week you stop updating it. It's kind of like having a telephone and then never answering it when somebody tries to call you. <laughs> so, I mean, these are all, you know, communication tools and just having it isn't enough. It's how you use it that leads to success. Right. Excellent. Excellent. Now, I like that, uh, getting a phone line and then uh, not answering the phone. And so, so often we can do that. We're like gung-ho and we get the uh, Twitter account started, but then... And, and somebody looks back on that. Yeah. So I'm evaluating, you know, somebody potentially to hire and, you know, their last update was in 2013. Um, do I feel like they're a good fit for a social media role? No, <laughs> they're not using it. Exactly. That's exactly what I tell people. Or if they're not responsive when people um, try to interact with them, that's never a good sign. Yep. Yeah. Responsive. Okay. Two way. I love those things. Yes. So, uh, what do you tell them about different networks and you know different social media platforms? Should they focus? How do they determine where they focus? You know that type of thing. It's from I tell people you need to look where your audience is already active and 
those are your watering holes where you need to be hanging out. Um, it's not about drawing people to you. It's about you being where they are. So I can't tell people, you know, a particular platform is the best fit for them. You really do have to go figure out who are my people, where are they interacting? And then you, you know, you go play in their playground. Yep. Um, so for me, for me personally, I love Twitter and Facebook, um, YouTube, LinkedIn. Those are where you'll most likely find me um, being interactive. I'm also on Google Plus um, mm-hmm. a, a bit, um, not as much as I probably could be. Um, but I, you got to look at where your audience is and you have to look at how much bandwidth you have to put into social media. And it's better to be executing really well on one or two platforms um, than spreading yourself too thinly and trying to manage five or six accounts that you really don't have the time or energy to keep up with. Yes, yes. You see that all the time. And, and so that's a, that's a good word. You, you can't be uh, everything on all of them and many times because of the bandwidth. I like that uh, example, that word, and, and so you narrow it down, focus it down. So now you have developed some uh, – kind of unique things, just taking a look at your profile. So is it a, a weekly YouTube uh, video that you do? Yes, I do put out YouTube videos every week. And I'll admit, I'll, I'll shoot like eight in a week um, and then and spread, then them spread and then spread them out so to be more effective. Though are, there are times when there's just an issue that it's worth it to just turn on the camera really quick um, and shoot a quick video if, it, if there's something really pertinent. But yep. yeah, I I release a video every week. Okay. Now, and and folks, uh, again, I'm going to include one of these here just because th- these are awesome. So you you get some. You're basically answering some questions, and and one of those most recently was was great. It was about the. It was like a wife asking about. Uh, you know, if someone sends her husband naked photos, what? Yeah, you want to go into that one a little bit. <laughs> Uh, so that one was hilarious. So I do get questions directly from people, and I also check my analytics for my website to see what people are searching for for oh. um, ideas for videos. Yep. So somebody did a search for if someone sends naked pics of my husband, can I post them online? And when I read that, I just started giggling, and I said, yep, Absolutely. we're making a video about that one. Yeah. Yeah, and then so you basically broke it down the kind of the legal ramifications, what what we can do, um, the copyright. It was uh, so it was actually the the person uh, who had had submitted the pictures. I mean, technically they had you know copyright of, of their photos. Right. So probably what most likely was going on was someone took some naked selfies and and sent them to this other person, and so the person who took the photo. Um, most likely has the copyright in it. And just because they shared them with another person doesn't mean that the other person can redistribute them um, without permission. It could be a copyright violation. um, It could be some type of harassment or revenge porn situations. And more and more states are passing laws against revenge porn. So, yeah. So it's definitely one of those think before you post situations. So there you go. There you go. So for that kind of a question, uh, Ruth has videos and, and uh, answers. <laughs> All right. Now, let's see. I want to talk about people okay, using social media 
to you know help them advance their career and let's just talk a little bit about the differences and what you may recommend for college grads i think maybe on on your tour did you stop at a couple universities or uh, some of the speaking engagements were geared towards that so what's a you know some differences college grads versus adults in the workforce maybe changing roles well if you're a college grad you're probably just starting out so it's about building your network um versus establishing yourself as an expert in your field. So I think for them, it's more about making connections with people who are going to um, hire them, whether that's clients or um, employers. So I think that's the focus for them is more on who are the types of people that I want to be affiliated with within my industry um, and made me starting to look at what kind of niches do I want to be in professionally and building those connections because especially um, in in my work when talking with law students, it's about getting a job where there tends to be more graduates than jobs available. So yep. you need to figure out what you want to do, what you have to do so that when um, a firm has an opening that you're top of mind to say, oh, yeah, so-and-so just graduated. Let's see if they're available. Um, so I think that's the difference. It's more about putting yourself out there as I'm I'm available for hire without sounding, without looking like all you're trying to do is find a job. Yeah. Um, versus when you are an established professional, um, you have a job. It's more about bringing in clients. So it's more about showcasing. This is what I know. This is how I can help you. Um, I'm that nice guy that you that you want to just know, period. And then if you happen to need my services, I'm going to be top of mind for you to call me. Yep, 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 yep. Excellent. Excellent. All right. And um, all right. So let's uh, let's maybe shift into some. Uh, what I like to call the three, two, one tips and in, in info plan here. So if uh, if you were going to give three first step tips to that uh, new graduate, law school, college, uh, what would they be? My first tip would be figure out who you want to who you want to be affiliated with. Uh, when it comes to networking, I tell people. Think about who would you want to hang out with and have a drink with. Those are the people you want to build um, into your network, or as one of my friends calls it, homie shopping. Um, and mm -hmm. so figuring out who are they, where are they, how can I make connections with them, both online and in the real world. So that's number one. Um, homie shopping. I like that. Homie shopping. Totally stole it from somebody else. <laughs> um and number two is look to provide value, um, stealing a line from Gary Vaynerchuk. And even if, even though you you may be a new grad, there are still ways you can add value to other people's lives, whether it's you're sending them articles or letting them know about conferences or asking, hey, can I help you out with, with a case? Um, if you're looking at you know law grads like I do. Um, so even though you're brand new, you may not have the the – expertise, there's still ways you can make other people's lives better. Yep. Um, and then three, as much as I am a huge fan of social media and making connections online, you want to bring those connections into the real world whenever possible. So you want to have face-to-face -face meetings, you want to go to coffee, go to lunch, um, or like what I did with the Undeniable Tour when I was traveling. I, I made it a point to meet with people that I connected with online 
in reality. So, you know, when I met the day I met you, that was also the first yep. time I met Jacob um, face to face. because mm-hmm. We'd only interacted um, through Skype, tweets, blogs, things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. OK, yes, absolutely. The, uh, so finding a way to to get some face to face and. Um, so I like that. I, I love your tour idea. That uh, that was just great. I mean, so it was people could follow that along, but uh, uh, you were doing what your expertise is, and and yet you were doing face to face as well. So you were, you were making those connections along the way. Absolutely. All right. All right. Uh, now let's see. That was our three. So now for our two. For the lawyers out there, two tips. Two tips for elevating the their use of social media in their law practice. All right. So tip number one, start a blog. Um, that is the number one thing that I do to to make myself findable online. Um, I blog every week, um, at least once a week, no matter what, no matter how tired or how busy I am. Um, that's probably one of the best lessons my friend who helped me start my first blog instilled in me. He said, I won't help you with your site unless you commit to blogging at least once a week Mm -hmm. um, for at least two years. So now it's just ingrained every week. You must write something. Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely start a blog thinking about your audience's need, not bragging about yourself, not talking like a lawyer. Talk to your audience who is probably potential clients. So speak in English, not that legally stuff we all use too often. Um, And then... Be and then leverage your blog by being active on social media, by interacting with people, promoting your posts, but do it in a way that's as interactive as possible, not the digital billboard. Hey, go read my stuff. Go hire me. I mean, you do a little bit of you got to do a little bit of that, but more of the focus is on interacting with your audience, being connected to your community. Yep. Being connected to your community. Love that. All right. Excellent stuff. And uh, then I went general for the final tip, the number one tip. I said, number one tip for life from Ruth Carter. Uh, So this is a tip that I need to use as much as I talk about it is don't let fear stifle you. Just accept that your ideas have have merit and you may not execute it perfectly. And that's okay. Uh, One of the best pieces of advice I ever got was it's okay to make mistakes as long as you don't do irreparable harm. Um, And along those lines, I have um, actually a little slip of paper on my refrigerator that says, if you're not fucking up, you're not in the game. So that's how I, if I'm, if I'm not at risk of screwing up, I know I'm not pushing myself hard enough. So I try to share that with other people. That's right. Okay. Don't let fear stifle you. Push the edges. You got to be pushing the edges. Don't and and yeah, we can't. We're gonna failure is gonna be a part of it, and uh, that's that's a fail forward. Exactly. I know. For me, I sometimes learn the most and the fastest when I'm making mistakes. All right. All right. Now I know that uh, I think it was on your Facebook page or something you were uh, putting out there. You were trying to plan for the summer, and and uh, I thought it was creative just because you were thinking about you know what what can I do that's um that's that's fun that's interesting. Did you come up with any uh, keys for your your summer that uh, you're uh, want to share with us? So one of the challenges of being in the sum being in Phoenix in the summer is that it's very hot, so you have to work around the the weather. So I know definitely one of the things I want to do is um I want to take a golf lesson. Um, and cause I, that's one of the things they say, oh yeah, golfing's important. It's a networking, 
you know, opportunity. I can't do it. Um, I've never done it more than mini golfing. So I, one of my colleagues and I are probably one morning, probably like 7 a.m. Um, cause that's, that's when still, you go golfing cool. in the desert. Yeah. Um, we're probably going to go take a golf lesson at the driving range to, to learn how to hit balls. Okay. So I, that's definitely on my list this summer. Um, and I'm still working on it because yeah, it's, it's Arizona. I know one of the other things they have in the Valley, um, is they do have um, star watching tours in the middle of the night. So I know they exist. I've never been. So in a little bit, in some ways, I'm going to be almost like playing tourist in my own city. There you go. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Now, we kind of alluded to this earlier, and I kind of wanted to circle back to it just because I think it's a topic of interest. I mean, the, the, the whole flash mob arena has just evolved you know, in the last few years, I mean, and it's kind of a more recent phenomenon there. And, and so obviously then uh, the corresponding pieces such as what you're doing, flash mob law. So what um, what do you get into there? I mean, are, are you getting some calls from things ahead of time or after something? You know, go into that a little bit more. So ideally, I work with people in the flash mob world in advance so that when they do their shenanigans, they're not setting themselves up to get sued or arrested after the fact. Yeah. So um, I worked with a couple of people who wanted to do uh, flash mob weddings. So looking at what they wanted to do, where they wanted to have their ceremony and what's the risk they were running by doing it based on um, where and when they wanted to pull that off. Um, I've also recently been working with somebody who does um, um, flash mobs that involves uh, music and dance. And um, I recently wrote the licensing agreement for the choreography and the music. So, um, so she can license it to other people to use, but at the same time protecting um, her brand identity in the process. So that's been a lot of fun to to write up those kind of contracts. Yeah. All right. Okay. So some excellent, interesting items uh, that you, you find yourself in. And then, of course, you said internet, social media laws. And anything um, in social media law that has been a hot topic that you've had to address recently? The issue of revenge porn is is okay. always an issue. People asking um, you know, where they can and can't post photos online. Um how can they get images taken off of other websites? Yeah. Um, and this is an area that's still developing. And how do you get, sometimes it's a question of how do you get um, local police departments to take these issues seriously when you report it? Because in more and more places, these are, it's actually becoming a crime to, to post these images. So it's complicated in dealing with other sites where you can post um, information about people um, and if it's an, if you think it's an untrue post, how do you get it taken down? Yep. Um, things like that. It's, it's definitely an area that's evolving and I'm trying to stay in front of it and trying to educate people about, you know, why you don't want to do that for both a legal reason and just a personal reason. I understand that people get angry or hurt and they want to retaliate in some way, but, Posting things on the internet is not the way to go because once a post goes out, you can never fully take it back. There it is. There it is. 
that's a that's a uh, tremendous statement to to wrap us up because that that one has truth. It's truth. Yes. All right. Thanks, Ruth, for for being with us, uh, me here today, and just uh, kind of diving into this topic a little bit. Now I'm going to include uh, all your all your links uh, so I get your website carterlawaz.com and then we'll get the Facebook and uh, Twitter for sure uh, YouTube channel those types of pieces we'll get them all in there so people can come on over and a few of these clips that we've mentioned so good stuff I appreciate you being with me today ah thank you so much for having me this has been wonderful all right folks hey so this is Mike wrapping up another episode of the halftime Mike podcast you know it's all about keeping it practical and doable so what was a takeaway. What's that one key takeaway that uh, you need to jot down right now and take some action on in this next week? Okay, write that down. Go do it. This is Mike. Take care. Okay, and stay with me because it's time for my inspirational moment. You know, each week I like to also bring you something that can move you, that can inspire you, because we all need to be touched in the heart. And this week, my inspirational moment comes from a young gal named Kayla Montgomery. Kayla was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and still, with that, has become one of the best young distance runners in the country. And in 2014, she was a senior in high school. She had the race of her life in the North Carolina State Championships in which she not only was competing for the state championship with multiple sclerosis where she loses feeling in her legs, has to be caught at the finish line because uh, she, she is basically unable to walk when she stops running at that point in time because of her body temperature. But also it's even more remarkable because early in the race when they were all still crowded together, she got boxed in and jostled, tripped, and fell. So this is the this North Carolina State Championship game. She fell. She somersaulted. She was way behind the crowd. She gets up. She competes. She wins the race. So it's a 12-minute or almost 13-minute video. If you don't have time to watch the whole thing, go to the 10-minute marker. 10 minutes is where it starts. you got to come over to see this video on the Halftime Mike podcast and uh, check out Kayla. That is your inspirational movement moment, and it is movement uh, today because if that doesn't move you, nothing will to watch her overcome. All right, this is Mike with the Halftime Mike Podcast. Be an inspiration to someone else. Go do that one practical thing from today's episode. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Halftime Mike Podcast with Mike Gingrich. Remember, what you do in the second half can change the outcome of the game. Does your business need resourcing, tools, and social media consulting? Then visit MikeGingrich.com. Want to have Mike speak at your next event? Visit MikeGingrich.com slash speaking. Join us again for another episode of Halftime Mike, your no-nonsense guide to victory on the court of life.